Welcome along to the most exciting Yellow Army Talker United Herald Express Devon Live podcast of the season. I thought you were going to say ever. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> it could well be because it's the one immediately before the start of the season when we're all blinded with starry-eyed optimism. You, you're always the week like before that, the, season, the week before the start of the season. Yeah, um, I'm getting used to this. It's four four seasons into the podcast, okay. and you're. Uh, it's always the same. Always, yeah. and then I get to play more towards the end of the season, and somebody very unkindly reminds me of it and says, "He's still feeling optimistic." <laughs> towards but, the end of the season, not not sort of a week no, into it. No, 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 absolutely <laughs> not. No, this season is going to be different, as you've gathered by now. Uh, Richard joins me for this Hello. one this week, and Nell's with us as well. Um, Hello, Nell. Hello. David, David <laughs> is not here because David's already started the journey to Chelmsford. He has via Norwich, taking in the flesh pots of the Norfolk coast, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Along the way, so David is. Um, is we on have to his let him go sometimes, don't we? So just, just back to his, his, his hometown. I think so. Just, yeah. And greetings, whatever you're doing. I gather that some of our listeners will be in Spain this week picking up the podcast remotely. Uh, somebody told me yesterday that he listens in bed, and somebody told me that he'll be waxing while he's listening to the podcast this week. <laughs> but I did quiz him further, and it's his car that he's waxing. Okay. So, yeah, so the mental image is. I wonder where you were going with that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so there is much to discuss. We'll talk about the football um, in a few moments, but the new stadium plans. You've seen those, Richard? Because your your work takes you away from Torbay. I'm no longer based in Torbay yeah. now. It's um, it's odd. So that's why I haven't been on the podcast so regularly. Um, and although I'm kind of sort of looking after the sport in the Herald, I'm also looking after the sport in six other papers as well. So, so you know everything about sport in the West Country. I know less about sport in the West Country because of it. Yeah. So, well, the, the new stadium plans for the first time they were seen in public was at the mayor's forum, which was last Thursday night, which yep. was immediately after. Which was which was kind of an invite, last. wasn't it? Or, or season ticket holders? Were no, in, this is a different thing. The mayor's forum was oh, a, the mayor's a public forum, event sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down at the Riviera Centre. Well, they were then, talking about the, the hotel down on the yeah. front as well and, and all that. Yeah, okay. And then they came out. They, they came out again at the fans' night at yeah. Plainmore earlier this week. Now, if you haven't seen them. Uh, the plan is for it, an enormous events arena down at Nightingale Park. At the Which Willows, we always knew it would be down there. Yeah, I think you, I still, see, you were still using the photo on the website that I took when this was being talked about three years ago. I, I know. Think. Yeah, uh, well, it's a very good photo. Yeah, it's good. very nicely done. <laughs> um, but I think you see it in much better context when you think of it as an entertainment complex that happens to have a football club. Yeah, and I think that's always what his aim was. And, yeah. and you know, there's nothing wrong with that if it works for for everyone. It, you know, how how do you, you run a stadium nowadays with just with, with just a football team in it? It's, no. It just, just doesn't work, does it? Not there's, not en- there's not enough business. And at the, at the forum, there was a video which showed, it's a bit like Transformers, it showed how the football pitch turns itself into an arena and a stadium and a venue for boxing matches and gigs and what have you. <coughs> it was, was like, a bit like Tracy Island, it was, actually. Was it? Yeah. Blue Apart Peter, from the the Blue, Blue Peter yeah. version. Yeah. Or, uh, um, has anyone thrown in the name Chris Roberts yet? <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah, one or two people <laughs> have mentioned the name Chris Roberts and the... Uh, the plans for a stadium down on. I don't think he ever got that far as to actually producing a video of it, though, did he? No. So, so okay, so so Mr. Osborne's a step further. And there have been one or two people who've said, well, if you know, if Torquay are going to have a new stadium, then possibly the seafront is the right place to have it. But uh, but Nightingale Park, it seems to be the chosen spot. Um, it's the, coming into Torquay. I think I think the seafront is a, is a romantic idea, but I don't think it's achievable, is it? Mm. I mean, for a start. Um, 
the stadium that's down there has been there down there for over a hundred years, and more than that, it's quite it's quite squat and quite low. Yeah. Now, you can't really sort of build a proper stadium within that that space, mm-hmm. and and the cricket club are there as well. So where do you put them? And you know, and an events arena down there. I mean, that, it's a bowl down there, isn't it? So yeah. the noise would be an issue. Yeah, of course it would be. Yeah, but um, so the stadium plans. We're hoping to get another look at those before the paper comes out again next week, and another chat with um with Clark Osborne to see basically see where he goes next but uh Dave's badgering away he is, yeah. he is absolutely uh ground share as well now I haven't seen you since the ground share came no. in but Truro will be the first team to play that play more this a game season. in anger yeah because they're at home to uh the four to one favorites favorites Billericay who it's, have Ben Gehring in there yeah side it's, well. it's an odd one so the ground share for me because I'm now working on papers in Cornwall as well, and it's not it's not gone down well in Cornwall. No, um, with the because you've fans. got a different perspective on that. So, you know, they're looking at 180 mile round trip to mm. come and watch a home game, which is just plain, plainly ridiculous. Do you think many of them will do it? Um, well, they, they they home games up until recently they're only getting 600 anyway. So, even oh. if half come, you're going to have a, a National League South game with 300 people, which is actually not bad for some National yeah. League South, South crowds, but in a stadium that can hold, you know, the best part of 5,000. Yeah. So it's going to be very odd for them. Interestingly, some of the players have, have tweeted and, and, and got bad reactions from from people saying, oh, it's great to be, you know, be playing on a lovely pitch and a lovely ground. It's great for some of the players because four or five of them live in Torbay. Yeah, true. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> suddenly they're, uh, they're not having to travel what the fans are going to have to travel and noticeably you know they they train up here quite a lot because yeah. so many of the players are in Torbay or in Exeter or Plymouth you know it's easier for them to get here than it is to go right down to Truro it's, it's going to be interesting and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how because two of the players obviously they've signed over the summer Jared Lewington and, and uh, Lloyd Gardner have been players I've been watching at Buckland mm. for the last three yeah. seasons and watch them grow up Buckland. Lloyd's a bit older, but but Jared was was probably 21 or 22 when I first started watching him there. Yeah, he's from Bobby Tracy. Lloyd's from Torquay. They've both been signed by by Lee Hodges this summer. Um, he's obviously seen something in them, like I have over the last three years at Buckland. Yeah, and it's you know suddenly they're going to be playing at Playmore every every. Uh, I kind of thought, are they stealing players from under our noses? Because we'll be yeah. interesting to see how well they do. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's, I might pop up just to see. I might pop up to see the the local players that I know rather than Truro, if you know what I mean. It'll be interesting though because I think a, quite a lot of people will go on Saturday yeah. just to see just what see what they make of it all, see a, a completely different team in action, and get a first look at Billericay, because as uh, Dave's run down on the teams that we've got to watch out for this season, they've picked up they've picked up some decent players. And they've got Jake Robinson there as well. Who is a, a talky kind of ex yeah. you know, hero really. I mean he uh, okay, he wasn't here for long, but he was well liked when he was here. He was pretty good. Yeah. Quite liked him. So they start at home to Billericay, they're away at Western Supermare on Tuesday. Does that count as a local derby now? Now that they're here? Anything below Bristol's a local derby, surely. And then they're away at Eastbourne on the second Saturday, so that's um, that's Truro's beginning. But more importantly, let's look ahead to Torquay's first three games because they, they come in kind of bunches of three, don't okay, they? Okay, so away on Saturday. Away at Chelmsford on Carol- Saturday. Caroline Barker's Chelmsford. Caroline Parker, yeah. and she's a radio presenter. She, she's she's drive time radio presenter on um, on Radio Five. I first met her years and years ago when I was working for a, 
a tin pot indie newspaper in a, uh, the sort of non-league newspaper in um, yeah in, in in London, and she was doing a column, and uh, she used to come along. And at the time, she was doing the the non-league show on Radio Five at six o'clock in the morning. Right. Nowadays, she's doing the drive time at six o'clock at night on Radio Five. So you know, things have got got gone well for her. But she still loves the non-league stuff. I mean, that, yeah. that was always a passion. She's a massive Chelmsford fan. So for you know for her, I mean, it'd be nice to see her down at Playmore. Yeah. And Chelmsford are ten to one. I gather. I did have a little look at one of the online um, betting places earlier today. Chelmsford ten to one is about the same as Torquay. You can get roughly the same odds as Torquay. Makes them kind of joint second favourites for this. Yeah. The players that they've got, they've got Jazzy Barn and Bob up there, they? who was with Torquay. I last didn't mind him. I thought spell. he was all right. Yeah. And Reese Murphy, of course, who is yeah. an ex-Torquay player as well. Ross Warner, the goalkeeper, very uh, experienced yeah, player. Yeah, recognise that name from. It's going Where to be tough. I know Dave was saying in the paper this week that uh, you should, you know, we should have realistic expectations. If they can come through the first couple of games unbeaten, they'll be doing pretty well. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough start. It is a tough start. I mean, I know it's ridiculous saying it's a tough start in National South, and but we, I, I can't, we, we, we have to get over that. Don't we, we are where yeah, we are. Yeah, 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 that's it. That's the thing. But Chelsea would have been in the playoffs two years running. Yeah. Um, so they're a decent side. Um, little facts I'll try and look up a little bit of information about Chelmsford Jimmy Greaves played for them back in the late 70s did he and they were in the Anglo-Italian Cup when he was there were they <laughs> they drew with Cremonese they lost to Lecco Barry and Turris excellent okay. how did they get in the Anglo-Italian Cup God knows we'll have to ask them when they come down but that's Saturday that's uh, away at Chelmsford on Saturday uh, but Torquay begin their, uh, their home games Tuesday night Torquay played Bath. Ironically, yeah. Yeah, so, so Gary Hours will be um, among friends. He was at Bath City before he came to Torquay. He was, and of course Kevin Nicholson was there as well. I mean, I know that's past history now, but there's a few links to Bath City over the last couple of years. And, you know, they've, they've always been around that level, haven't yeah. they? I mean, I know they've been up to the sort of conference and, and then back down to the south again. And um, I think it's the first time that we've probably played them since... 1926 possibly on a level yeah. pegging because yeah. they would have been a yeah. part of the old Southern League before we went into the league in 27 so that's that's yeah, yeah. nice stadium they've got as well they'll be we'll be visiting that a little bit later in the season where are they playing now they Twerton Park. They're still at Twerton yeah, Park. Twerton, a little bit. Yeah. Um, you get a bus out from the centre yeah, of I, I, Bath. I've been there to see yeah. Torquay play Bristol Rovers, of course, but never never Bath. Yeah, Twerton Park it is. They've got uh, players. They've got, they've got Frankie Artis there, who's ex-Exeter, isn't yeah. he? Kevin Amanqua, who was oh, at Bristol yes. City. We had him for a while We did Torquay. for a season under Leroy, so you must be getting on. He's yeah. got to be in his 30s, surely. Uh, and Ryan Clark, of course, the goalkeeper who was yep. at Torquay last season, is in goal for Bath City now. Ryan Brunt as well, who was at Argyle for yep. a while. Yeah. Um, so they've got a decent squad there. I say they are 14 to 1. They're just behind Torquay in the bookies. Um, remind me, of the, I'm going to ask you, I'm putting you on the spot now, who's the manager? I may, I may <laughs> have written that down. It's Jerry Gill. It is Jerry Gill, Jerry the Gill. old Bristol City man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jerry Gill is the manager. So experienced manager. Well, not necessarily experienced manager, but experienced football person. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll be an early chance to see what Torquay are made of after Saturday at Chelmsford, getting back to uh, Plainmore on Tuesday night. Really looking forward be to that. interesting to see the crowd as well. Yeah, on I Tuesday think so. night. Um, I don't know. I get a f I get the feeling that the, you know, the, the season tickets have gone reasonably well, as well as could be expected. Well, um, I think the squad is looking quite encouraging. I mean, we'll come to that in a minute with some of the players that we've seen um, and signed in the last yeah. few days as well. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, 
See, I'm going back to my optimism again. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to this season. Remind me of that in. Do you remember when the first the first time. year that we came down, uh, the first time we came down to the conference and uh, everyone was was in the dumps, and then it was a really good season, and of course the season afterwards we went back up again. But that first yeah. season, it kind of exploded the myth that it was going to be terrible and you know it was going to be depressing, because actually it was a really good energetic season, things worked and and yeah. You know, it was exciting to watch. So let's hope it's like that. I, I, I think we just have to get deal with the fact Could that it's be. the level it's at and uh, and enjoy it really, as, long as, as long as it goes well on the pitch. The uh, factoid about Bath, uh, celebrity supporter. There. You've been there, <laughs> obviously. Um, celebrity supporter is Ken Loach. Ken Loach is, a, is he really? Who of course um, made a film with the best ever. We talked a while ago about um, football matches on screen and yeah. how terrible most of them were, but the football match in Kez. Yeah, directed by Ken Loach is probably the best football match. Absolutely, so, yeah. So celebrity supporter. Of Other Ken Loach films are available Ken as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some very good ones. Consistently yeah. good, isn't he? Quite gritty. Yes, but uh, he's a Bath City fan. I didn't know that. There must be some more Bath City fans, but I can't think of any of them. I want to be honest. Once I got as far as Ken Loach, I stopped. You did the grail. No, there was absolutely <laughs> no reason to go any further. And then Torquay play on Saturday week. They're at home to East Thurrock who are another team that are fairly highly rated. They've got Paul Koncheski in there. Yeah, squad. that's a weird one, because Paul Koncheski was a part of the Billericay in... Yeah. Sort of, you know, the Billericay basically loaded and bought some big ex-Premier players, didn't they? And he was one of them. So yeah. how he's ended up at East Furrock, I don't know, but that's interesting. It can only be three years ago he was playing in the Premiership. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, he's, um, he's, um, his record is pretty there good. There must be some money changing hands there. There is. Well, there we go, and because uh, we have said on the podcast before that we don't expect Torquay to be, or we wouldn't expect Torquay to be the best bankrolled team in no. National League South, no. and it would be wrong to think that as well because there are some teams throwing some serious money. Yeah, at, uh, but staying part time, in. interestingly. Indeed, big move at uh, Torquay this week has been the naming of the skipper, which mm. caught us all a little bit on the back foot in some ways. You know, we were because we're. Conditioned to having a midfielder as skipper, you always think and you look at the squad and you think there are a couple of candidates as well. There are so um, Gary Owens threw us a curveball by naming Brett Williams as his skipper. Can you for remember the, new the last season. talky striker? No, I was I was trying to do that. Dave would, Dave yeah. would know it Where straight off. But, um, but I can't think of one in recent history. No, I'm trying to think if if um, David Graham ever captain a team. I don't I, think he yeah. did. Um, Rennie however, no. Possibly as a, a stopgap, yeah, as an emergency. Yeah, but not as a, like as a name but, skipper no. at the start of the season. Now, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I tend to think that a midfielder makes the best skipper, but it's, I mean, Brett Williams obviously is in a, he's in a decent vein of form. He's, he's, he's got a big point to prove this season. The captain's armband will probably sit well with him this season, I would think. He is the kind of player who really should be able to do stuff in this league. I mean, we, we all know how good he is. Okay, you know he hasn't he hasn't played at the highest level, and and maybe there are reasons for that. But at this level, a striker like Brett Williams, yeah, and maybe the captain's armband has been given him to encourage him. I don't know. He's quite he experienced as well, well, isn't he? he should yeah. be able to. and he's the most talented, yeah. yeah, striker. I mean, yeah, he's the only player who's going to pick up a ball and arrow it or something. Yeah. So, so maybe that maybe that'll help him to push on. Maybe help him to have a great season. It's, it, it's such a new squad, though, guy. That that um, you know, are they gelled yet? You know that old 
the team's got to gel before it's yeah. successful. You, you can't tell anything from, again, we say it again and again, don't we? you can't read anything in no. the pre-season friendlies. But there were points against Argyle and in the second half against Bristol City when they looked useful. You know, they were playing together as a unit. This business of playing the five, sort of fairly flexible as to whether it's a 5-3-2 or a 3-5-2, yeah. <clears throat> seemed to work pretty well. Um, again, you know, there, there's just the thing that we haven't got. We haven't signed a striker. No, and I think that's a key, isn't it? I think he's still looking. Yeah. And uh, maybe that person's out there. I don't know, but I think I think we're one striker short. Yeah. Of a complete squad, and I think Gary knows that as well. So that'd be interesting to see if anything happens between well now and Saturday. There's not much time, no. but that something still could happen, or in the you know the, the weeks after before the before the window. And who knows, Brett Williams, if Brett Williams gets a couple of goals in the first couple of games, he could prove us all wrong. I mean, let's face it, we've got Brett Williams, we've got Rory Keating, we've got Jamie Reid. There's another one, isn't there? I'm forgetting. John Paul Pittman. John Paul Pittman. Yeah. I just, see, there's, there's, a, there's a name that, you know, when, when he came last season, everyone thought, oh, that's a, yeah, we all know who he is. He should score some goals. And of course, we know what happened. He didn't feature, mm. wasn't even on the bench towards the end of the season. No. But he's still here. Okay, he was transfer listed. He hasn't gone. He's still here. Yeah. Another t- player who really should be able to perform at this level. Yeah, and I think you know he's got a point to prove. He, yeah. he will want to, um, you know, want to get stuck in. There are. We keep coming back to this. There are players with points to prove, aren't yeah. there, in this team? Well, this Rory Keane's another one. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were. The, he came the end of that that season, didn't he? And mm. and looked naive. Looked, um, you know, like, like he was slightly out of, out of fish out of water. But then worked his socks off. Tried yeah. hard. Encouraged by the fans who really liked him, and and you and you thought right, okay, and Kevin signing straight away for the following season. Everyone thought right, this is, you know, he can he can really do so in this season, yeah. and it didn't work. Did didn't it? quite it didn't work quite out. Work last season, but, but I, um, I I couldn't go to the Cardiff friendly, but I did get a text from Dave halfway through it to announce that the old Rory Keating was back on the field. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Um, you know maybe maybe he's the answer maybe yeah. he'll get some goals you know to see a player who can get across the fullback who can um, I mean we were talking does. about oh he won't he won't be with us next year because you know he'll have a great season and someone come in for him yeah who knows that might this might yeah. be a great season but um yeah let's hope he chips in with some goals some interesting arrivals um at Playmore this week uh, a couple of trialists we'll talk about in a minute but a, a chap by the name of Chris Regis. No relation, apparently. No, 21-year-old midfielder has signed. The signing was unveiled to the fans during the fans' night at Playmore. Okay. Nice thing to do that, to be honest, to take a signing and say, yep. you know, sort of make an occasion of yep. it and wheel him out. So Interesting what's his character. He's a 21-year-old. He's a former England under-17 international. Okay. Um, we know that doesn't necessarily equate to a... No... But yeah, it's 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 something, isn't it? Youth career at Arsenal, Southampton, and Colchester. Um, his senior career, he's played very few games. He played so, five games for Farnborough and a game for Port Vale. So you're now going to throw throw in the uh, the yeah. butt. He, well, <laughs> just having a quick read about him. Our colleagues up on the Sentinel in Stoke. He's had a spectacular falling out uh, in January this year with Neil Aspin, the Port Vale boss. Okay. Having been scouted by John Rudge, who of course is an ex-talkie yeah. player, took him to Port Vale, uh, got him to the verge of the team. He fell out massively with Neil Aspin. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Another thing: if Dave was here, he'd know what Neil Aspin's like and whether that is a, a Neil Aspin trait or not. But, yeah, um, they, I, I don't mean, know that. it's fair to say they probably won't be on each other's Christmas card list. No. I mean, Aspin wasn't impressed with. Um, Isn't it? What's that group nowadays? 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that. Um, and let's let's assume that Chris Regis wasn't over impressed with that as well. So yeah. a falling out, and there's a bit of a career to rebuild there by the look of it. I mean, he's 21, he's only a young lad, he's played very few games, but he's described as a hard-tackling box-to-box midfielder. Wouldn't okay. we love it if that's what he turned out I'm to be? I'm thinking Chris Zabrowski. Yeah. Someone to pro- something to prove, coming up, turning up, yeah. and having a great season, yeah. That would, what, 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 what's, are you tall, or what, what is he? Have you got uh, the, the stats question. there I've on your piece of paper? There. Yeah, he's six foot three, according to Wikipedia, okay. which is always right on this. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's no way that you could just go into Wikipedia and make yourself a couple of inches taller. No, which no. I do. Have, yeah. <laughs> I don't have an entry, but I'm sure <laughs> that's the first thing I'd be changing. A six foot three midfielder, by the look of it. Yeah, okay. So, look forward to seeing him yeah. play. Now, the friendly, the last friendly was last weekend. Torquay won 2-0 at Dorchester. Yeah. Uh, James Roberts with a penalty and John Paul Pittman weighing in okay. with a goal. Which takes us back to uh, what we were fairly comfortable by the sound of it. Plastic pitch at Dorchester, which obviously is, is right. good, good practice for the goals because they've come up, up across one or two of those this season. A couple of interesting trialists played in that one, though, for Torquay, and I'm not sure whether they've got a long-term future with the club. The Scots, Scots lad was... A kind of something that, that, that was being talked about, wasn't it? Yeah, it? Robbie Leach. Yeah. 20 year old Scottish midfielder, son of Scott Leach, who was at Swindon for a few years. Right. Uh, doesn't that make you feel old? Yeah. Um, they, they're, they're starting <laughs> to pop up all too often, these sons of, aren't yeah. they? He's born in Swindon, actually, but there's a little Scottish flag next to him right. on, on the website, so we'll give him that. He's played at St Mirren, he's played at Queen's Park, he's a midfielder. And Gary Hours was quite impressed with him, I thought. So, but we've not had a sign, it's not signed yet, has it? Not as far as I know. So, that could be done in the next couple of days. Because of news uh, news commitments, I haven't been up to the press conference this afternoon. Right, so so that could well have happened. Something may have happened there as well. Another interesting trialist played, another midfielder, Hugo Tanner, uh, an Australian, 21 year old lad. He's played for the Australian under 17s. Okay. And he's played for Bamberbridge and Barla Town is in he? the Welsh Premier League. Right, so okay. he's, um, he's played a bit of so football, not a great deal. Is he over here or is is he born over here? And with a No, he's Australian. not. He's Australian. Okay. So he's trying to make his way in British football. Torquay United may be the place where he makes it. Yeah. Who knows? Okay, interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll keep tabs on that ahead of the weekend as well. One more thing to report from the fans' night. The, uh, the mayor was there. Mayor Oliver was up at the ground for the fans' night, um, unveiling the biggest trophy you've ever seen. You it's always have, got to be big, Gordon Oliver. Though, sure, you could have hidden a small child in that trophy, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's, it's the Gordon Oliver trophy. It's being awarded to a young player, and it was picked up by Olaf Kozella. Who looks a prospect. Looks a good player, yeah, doesn't he? So I, didn't, I haven't been able to get to any pre-season games, but I've heard good reports in the 20 minutes or so, but he's yeah. played every time. And... He I, know, I know some people who, who know young young footballers around here and they really seriously yeah. rate him. He doesn't look like a kid. I know Dave has been very impressed with him, yeah. Dave, when Dave's seen him play a little Still bit more. Still 16? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, quite, he can quite sign when he's 17, lad. so he's yeah. signed a pre-contract, hasn't yeah. he? And he'll sign professional forms when he's 17. When he's 17, yeah. But he, you know, he's he's quite a big lad, he puts himself about... It, it's, I think that means thing... he was born after the year 2000, guy. <sighs> <laughs> Thanks. So we're having a podcast of feeling very, very old this week. Yeah, that's weird. But um, yeah, as Dave says, he looks like he belongs there. He doesn't look as if he's just, you know, he's not a rabbit in the headlights. He looks like he belongs out there. I think. I don't know what what his his, his background is because obviously it's not a traditionally British name. So 
I'd interesting to see where his parents are yeah, from or something. Know. Don't know. We'll find out a lot more about him yeah. as the season goes on, I imagine. But um, yeah, deserving winner of that giant trophy. Well done. Which is almost bigger than him. The first of many, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They'll have a massive trophy cabinet, obviously, at the new stadium with that in it. They will. Well, it'll have to be massive <laughs> yeah. to accommodate that. But uh, there we go. So one that of the, re- the Sherpa van trophy <laughs> runners-up fight. Yeah, still got that. It's a, it's a handsome-looking thing. And there's, there were a couple of promotion trophies yeah. in there, aren't there? Yeah. So who knows? We'll maybe add to it. They, I've got the South, De- my- South Devon League trophy in there that we can we can pop in it as well. There comes my optimism yeah. shining through again. Yeah. The, the Make Luke's, more room in the trophy the cabinet. The St Luke's Devon Bowl has got our name on it this year, <laughs> I reckon. So one of the reasons for getting you in here, Rich, on your day off, which is very kind of you to come in, um, is talk a little bit about the local non-league scene as well, yeah. which you're a keen student of. I am, or yeah. Of which you're a keen student. Um, what are the prospects for Buckland this season? It's going to be an interesting season for Buckland because um, obviously they missed out with a, a horrendous fixture pile-up at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, they were playing four times a week, weren't they? Yeah, uh, I know, they played, They played. I, I think, um, I exact stats escape me now, but I don't know, nine games in 12 days or something, yeah. and it was it was just ridiculous. Um, and that, that was all because of a really bad winter where a lot of games, they had nine games called off in a row, not just at their place, yeah. but, you know, so they went they went a good almost two months without playing a game, and that, that just... That just cause them all sorts of problems at the end of the season and of course the last season was the season to finish yeah. do well in the Western League because there were two going up because of there was shake up above yeah it's changed and, again and um, you know they, they they ended up finishing fifth but they missed out by a point you know and it was so so gutting and they've got a new manager now Craig Craig Duff um, so, so Adam Castle was who'd already moved to Ireland and came back to help out He's he's become director of football and will yeah. still be based in Ireland. Craig Duff, who joined from ooh, Tiverton, I believe, or Biddeford, one of the two, at the end of last, towards the end of last season. Um, he is he is a new manager, um, early thirties, with a good goal scoring record. Played for for seven league teams all around the the southwest, and he's he's um, his assistant is um, Chris McPhee. Is it? Yes. Yeah. So, strong team there. Then. Strong team. Yeah. Um, they've lost two key players um, from the end of last season. Kai Fisher, who did a great job coming in as a defender, is I noticed is now uh, been tra- on trial with Tiverton. Yeah. Um, he he wanted to stay at Buckland, but he's also late twenties, and he also decided he wanted to try and see his, mm. if he could play as high as he could this season. So fair enough to him. And um, Lloyd Gardner, who is the superstar winger of of that team over the last three seasons, fantastically quick and tricky left winger who can who basically brings the ball down, stops in front of the you know the yeah. the right back, stares it in for a couple of seconds, and then just goes. And by the time he's got the ball in the box, the right back's just about started yeah. moving again. Incredible the technique. Defenders and, hate that. Yeah, yeah, and and really good player can score a goal as well. Um, He's gone to Truro. <laughs> yeah. So he'll be playing at Playmore on Saturday. So yeah, yeah. be playing at Playmore on Saturday, and and he'll be crossing the ball in for Jared Lewington, who was at Buckland over the last couple of seasons yeah. as well. So, but no, they've got some great players. Um, uh, Les Affel yes. will be there this yeah. season. Um, was on loan at Torquay. Now, when he came when he came to to Buckland towards the end of last season as a kind of help, we've got so many games and we've only got a certain mm. amount of players signing. He looked great. 
Yeah. And I think me and my dad were standing there thinking, well, when was he alone at Torquay? Trying to think back, think back. Yeah. Think back. Well, he must be in his 40s, but it turns out he's only 33 or something. So. Is that right? Yeah. He must so have been a child. He must he have been a child when he was talking. Yeah. Of course, he, he had a, 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 quite a time at uh, Exeter as well. He's been playing around Taunton and all, all that kind of places, a bit higher up, and uh, yeah. he looks really good. Charlie Johansson's come back um, after a little stint at Plymouth Parkway, the money men of Devon football who will be in the same league as Buckland next season. So the three Devon teams in the Western League this season yeah. will be Buckland, Plymouth Parkway and Willand Rovers. And it's Buckland on Will against Willand Rovers on Saturday. So they Is start it? with Good a... start. Yeah, yeah, they start with a big one. So we'll see, we'll okay. see. And pretty strong in the Peninsula League as well. Yeah, Peninsula League is, is interesting. Um, Newton's Abbott Spurs, who went so close to winning Division 1 East. We, we, we don't... Down here in South Devon, we don't have a team in the, the Premier Division, unfortunately, this season. No. Um, after Stoke Gable decided to take relegation because they knew that they wouldn't have their floodlights up in time for mm. this season. They had a season's grace. So they've come back down. Um, uh, Newton Abbott Spurs are one of the teams that were... They, they just missed out on promotion by yeah. a point, I think, again. Um, after they finished early and St Martins won all six games and they had to win all six games to, to yeah. pit them on the last day of the season. Um, interestingly, they've lost a lot of their players and so they? they're not yeah. going to be in that position this season. Yeah. A lot of those players have gone to Stoke Gabriel. So um, the likes of Adam Dyson, who is you know the, the leading goal scorer in that division last season. Um, a couple of other, other players. Uh, uh, Liam Mosley's gone over there. Yeah. So, so some of the big players... Um, have left Newton Abbott Spurs, gravitated to um, Stoke Gabriel. They should be they should be the big ones. Walden Athlet Walden Athletic who yeah. play on the hill above Audley Park. Yeah. No, it's not Audley Park, is it? I'm showing my age again. Talking Academy. Talking yeah. Academy will be playing in the Peninsula League this season. They they won promotion. Yeah. So that's that, that's going to be interesting. It's the first Torquay team in the Peninsula League ever. That's tremendous. So, and it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because these teams are now not far behind Torquay. No, I mean um, we're talking about well, so, layers of the pyramid, so let's let, let's say where we are. We're talking about Stoke Gabriel winning it. They could win it this this year. They've probably got the best chance. Bobby Tracy and other team have got a good chance. Brixham are in there. Timmer are in there. Liverton are in there. Um, let's say one of those teams won it. They would go up to um, potentially Premier. From there, they could go to Western League Premier, where Buckland are, mm -hmm. then Southern League, and then you're just under Torquay. Yeah. So, so when we talk about these players moving between the local teams, these you know the, the players with the top local non-league teams are not that far behind the kind of players that are going to be... End well, as you say, I mean, we've, we've got players going to Truro. Yeah, the, the two lads who've joined Truro from Buckland, I mean... Uh, Indirectly, uh, Jared Lowington did it because he spent three or four months at the end of last season at Tiverton. But they've they've just stepped up from from Buckland to to uh, Truro. There's only one division in between, really. Yeah. Or one league in between. But yeah. Okay. And they, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to see them get a chance. I mean, we've tried, haven't we? How many times we're local players at Torquay? Yeah. It's not really happened, is it? Um, but it's it, nice to see him get a chance. It could happen, it, yeah. you know, over the next season or so, it could well happen. It happened a lot in the past, didn't yeah. it? In the 60s, 70s, yeah. it happened. But um, there are so many players who don't make it mm. at the top teams at, nowadays and often aren't even good enough to play at this level once they haven't made it. That's true. But um, there's just so many players around that's just ridiculous. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Richard, for coming in. Thanks, You're Neil, welcome. for coming in. 
<laughs> uh, David will be back next week if we can prize him away from uh, East Anglia. Yeah. His beloved he's, East Anglia. He's, he's doing Chel- Chelmsford on the way back, isn't he? So he is. It's just down the uh, the M11, isn't it? By no, the time... no, it's not the M11. It'll be the M12. Oh, I'm getting my, you lost my M's. Me now. Me M's and me A's all mixed up. It's, it's the A12, yeah. It's, it's, it's down the Ipswich. Once you get beyond it? the A38 and the A38, <laughs> I'm a bit lost. By the time we have a podcast next week, we will have played two games. Talkie will have played away at Chelmsford and at home to Bath on Tuesday, 7.45. We'll see you there. And it'll be interesting to keep tabs on what Truro are doing. I mean, this is very much and will remain a Talkie United podcast, but with Truro playing at Playmore, it'll be interesting to see how they get on and how the rivalry between the two teams develops. So any of you Truro fans who, who need updates? Yeah. yeah, we'll try and keep you uh, keep you posted. Brilliant. Looking so, forward to it. First game at Playmore is Saturday. That's true of Billericay, but we will be there on Tuesday night. Talkie United versus Bath City, 7.45 kickoff. And as ever, come on you yellows. <laughs>